Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? And welcome to The Reluctant Historian. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. I'm your host, Liz Lawson. And this is our reluctant historian, Dakota Lawson. On this podcast, I'll tell him a story from history, and he'll share his unapologetic thoughts and opinions. So, if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, and I still do, this podcast is for you. Wait, so I haven't done my job? <laughs> no, I, in, in general, I still don't like history, but you know, I'm, I'm having a fun time either way. Yeah, you like talking to me. It's true. And uh, again, feeding my ego. Yes, so. I'm just a joy to talk to. Yes, and the ego thing. Right, ego, ego, ego. (laughs) That's the most important part. (laughs) On today's episode, Dakota, we will be talking about the thalidomide babies. I'm going to pretend to be surprised, but I already knew this was coming. Yes. Because, let me tell the listeners, that this is a really weird coincidence. We were talking about, this morning I was telling you a story about a guy from my hometown who had no legs, and we just had to call my mom and ask her about it, and he's like, she said... Oh, he was a, what was it called? Thalidomide baby. Thalidomide? Thalidomide. Thalidomide. Th. 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 Thalidomide. Thalidomide baby. And uh, it's just a weird coincidence. And you're like, oh, that's, uh, don't tell him about it. That's what we're talking about on the podcast today. So, crazy coincidence. But I'm. It's kismet, as my father would say. It's it's Christmas, as my father would say. (laughs) I'm very curious to hear about this, though. It sounds, sounds really interesting. Cool. Especially being that I knew, know or knew someone who passed away, unfortunately, but knew someone who actually was uh, had this. Correct. So. so sit down, buckle up, and get ready to listen to the history of the thalidomide babies. by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Canada. So, Dakota. New news! New news! I have you written down as giving us the new news, but we switched. We flip-flopped the two, the the drag history and this history, so I'm actually giving the new Wait, news. I, last week, was I not supposed to give the new news? No, you were. Oh, okay. But I was planning to do this episode last week. Oh, I see. Okay, well, you need to deliver us some new nudes, so what do you got? Yes, so Simone Biles, do you know who that is? Simone Biles, no idea. So she is a USA Gymnastics person. Okay, so this is Olympics related? Mm-hmm, she competes okay. for the USA, and she is literally the greatest of all time gymnast. Okay. She is performing... Um, stunts that are like light years ahead of all of her competitors and like um, they've had to give her penalties because they're like we don't know how to score some of the things that she does because she's so amazing what yes so anyways 
She just pulled out of the Olympics, so she was predicted to win gold, um, but she had a bad vault and she decided that she was going to pull out of the Olympics because of her mental health. And so I wanted to... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I was reading about her this morning. She said she had a case of the twisties. Which is okay. which is when you're in the air and you're doing your twists, yeah. something happens in your brain. And like I'm sure all of us can empathize with this that you know you're going around and you're doing something and all of a sudden your brain just stops working, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 her brain, or she says the twisties are you know you've got a mental block. And so for athletes, often we will have mental blocks. However, if you get the case of the twisties when you're in the middle of the air, your head's upside down, facing the ground, and your body just like won't listen to what your brain's doing, it's super dangerous. Because you could land on your head um, and injure yourself really badly. So luckily, she didn't injure herself in this vault. Um, but a lot of gymnasts have weighed in and said, you know, like, had it been any other gymnast other than Simone Biles, because she's just so great, yeah. there she probably would have injured herself. So anyway, she pulled out of the uh, Tokyo Olympics um, in order to take care of her mental health. And I just think that that is such a great message that we are sending young people that you know mental health is important yeah absolutely i mean if you're the greatest of all time and you're willing to you know put that aside because she was gonna win Mm -hmm. it sounds like if she was willing to put that aside for her mental health like that's a great message to to all of us yeah the more you know more you know knowledge is power knowledge is power uh, a lot of people in America and Piers Morgan are pissed off that she dropped out. Who the hell is Piers Morgan? Oh, he's just some loser face loser from DC. Well, or I, Brit- from England. Well, if, I don't, if I don't know him, then clearly he's, he's not like, that important. He's like Britain's Tucker Carlson, I'd say. Oh, gross. Yeah. So, anyways, he's like super mad. And then, and people. Wait, why, why is he mad He's if he's from England? I don't. <laughs> okay. He's just mad about everything. Oh, right. Yeah, he's just like very, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> yeah. So there, a lot of people are like, well, this is your job. Like, you should be doing this. You should be competing. Like, you need to get over this. Da, 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 da. And That's stupid. It is stupid. I think absolutely when somebody is faced with adversity, it is important to try and overcome it. But my guess is that, like... She had these bad warm-ups, getting the twisties or whatever. I don't think she was just like, nah, you know what? I'm done, right? Yeah. Like, you don't get to that level of being an elite at the greatest of all time yeah. and without overcoming adversity. And for yeah. her to say, you know what? No, this is more important. Doesn't mean that she's just, like, giving up or quitting. No. It means I'm, I'm sh- we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm sure she thought long and hard about it. Yeah, and uh, to get that far and then to pass up on the opportunity to win gold I think that makes her a lot stronger than a lot of people in that situation so yeah so yeah that's that's and also I'm remind me after we're done this I want to actually watch a clip of her because like yeah she's super amazing I'm just curious about like that that was too good penalty (laughs) yeah I haven't like read really in depth in that but yeah basically she she's just so good that they don't know how to score her and stuff so that's wild. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine being so good at something that people are like, I don't know what to do with you? I'm, I go the other way on that. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm so bad at everything. You're not bad. I don't at know everything. what to do with myself. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Anyways, what's your golden nugget? Um, yeah, my golden nugget is that I have a week off 
uh, starting today. Vacay. Vacay. I think I sing the same things. Vacay. New nudes. <laughs> I mean, they're very similar. Sorry. Sorry, did you say new nudes this time? No, I said news. Oh, my mistake. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I booked a week off from work, uh, which I rarely do. I haven't had a week off since February, I think, when we started our Marvel right. Watchathon. Yeah. Um, you don't take time off. No, I don't. You, you, you like go into that grind culture. Yeah, I do. It's a problem. It is. But anyway, so yeah, I took a week off. So we're going uh, up to your uh, parents. Um, we're going trailer. to Buffalo Pound. Yes. Yes, at Moose Jaw, we're going to go stay at the trailer, um, and yeah, just have the week to to ourselves. And it's gonna it's gonna be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, what about you? What's your golden nugget? Is it the same? Same. Yeah. Same, same. I love going to my parents' trailer. It's so much fun. It's like very much glamping. Yeah. Um, which I really like. Yes. There's air conditioning. So hopefully Dakota won't get heat stroke because as we know, he doesn't sweat. Mm-hmm. I tell everybody that. This yeah. Is like I lead with that when I meet new people. Have you met my husband? He doesn't sweat. Yeah. It, uh, my, my, the fact that I don't, uh, sweat carries a lot of, uh, a lot of the weight for my shit personality. <laughs> so. <laughs> You have a shit personality. Why are you being so mean to yourself? No, that was a that was a, a play on a um, stand up comedian that. Uh, 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 anyways, not important. I can't remember his name right now. But uh, what are you most excited for? Uh, laying out in the sun, maybe going in the lake. I know you don't like that, but no. you can watch me go in the lake. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's what I'm most excited for. Oh. <laughs> Watch you, watching you swim while yeah. I die on the beach full, full You of are more stroke. than welcome to put your feet in the water. I don't want to. I know you don't. <laughs> so nobody's nobody's forcing you to do anything. Thank you. I appreciate that. Come in the water. <laughs> okay. So the History Channel has a podcast that covers this topic, and they go way more in depth than I do. So I would really uh, encourage listeners that if you're interested in this topic to listen to that one. Um, and incidentally, there are also a bajillion podcasts about this topic. So oh, really? I thought we were, you know, Bre- break cool it, breaking new ground. Yes, but there are lots of podcasts that talk about this okay. in- interesting topic. So yeah, but we're the best. So Obviously. yeah. All right. So to paint a picture, Dakota. Mm-hmm. I want you to imagine that we're back in the 50s. Oh, God. And I'm pregnant. No! (laughs) I have horrible morning sickness, and so my doctor prescribes a new medicine to alleviate those symptoms, a drug called Distaval. My symptoms get better, and for the rest of those nine months, I have an easy pregnancy. That is, until our baby is born with a severe birth defect. He is born with a condition known as Focomelia, resulting in flipper-like limbs. Whoa. We then learn later that this supposed wonder drug that made the morning sickness disappear was the cause, and that it has been banned for sale in most countries where it was previously sold. Well, Dakota, this story was a reality for approximately 10,000 families around the world, and today I'm going to tell you their story. Okay, I'm I'm very interested in this, but I'm also picturing myself in the 50s as a farmer, taking taking care of the land, and then I find out my wife is pregnant. How am I going to take care of my child? I thought you were going to say, how am I going to take care of my Chad? My Chad. That's what we're calling him, Chad. Ew. <laughs> okay. So, what was it? Wait, was this drug that was given to them? Well, the over-the-counter name was Distavel. Distavel. Okay. But the actual, like, compound is called thalidomide. Oh, okay. That's where I was lost. Okay, keep going. Yeah. The story of thalidomide is really one of profits and big pharma. 
Following the success of the drug aspirin, companies were beginning to synthesize different compounds to see what else they could create and perhaps profit off. In 1952, the compound thalidomide was synthesized by a company in Germany and was found to have no effects on animals and was thus discarded on that basis. However, it was then acquired by the company Chemie Grunthal, a German company that had been established first as a soap maker after World War II ended. This company did some sciencey shit on the drug that I won't go Science-y into. Sciencey shit on the drug, okay. <laughs> yeah, because wow, I was like... Is that the technical term? Yes. I uh, love that I wrote that in here. Yeah. I'm just like reading in my professional voice and then yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> but uh, they did some experiments on it and I don't understand science. So yeah. anyways, uh, I won't go into it because science is convoluted, but essentially they took that compound to experiment on and in doing so discovered a byproduct of the compound that was similar to a drug named glutamide, which was being used as a sedative, so to put people to sleep. They continued to work on this until they had created a suitable drug called thalidomide. They tested the toxicity on several animals, and it was introduced in 1956 as a sedative. However, it was never tested on pregnant women. And actually, I was talking to my doctor about tests on pregnancies mm-hmm. or pregnant women. Um, apparently, it's unethical to test on pregnant women. So you oh. can't ever give like an actual study on pregnant women. You can only learn about what happened to pregnant women after the fact. Oh, interesting. At the time, scientists did not believe any drug taken by a pregnant woman would pass across the placental barrier and harm the developing fetus. On October 1st, 1957, the company launched thalidomide under the name Contragan in Germany, marketed as a wonder drug for insomnia, coughs, colds, and headaches. It was marketed in Germany as completely safe for everyone, including the mother and child, even during pregnancy, as its developers could not find a dose high enough to kill a rat. And that's a quote. By 1960, thalidomide was marketed in 46 countries with sales nearly matching those of aspirin. One country, however, that did not approve of the sale of this drug was the USA, where it was rejected by the FDA under the direction of one woman, Frances Kelsey. She prevented the approval of the drug within the USA despite pressure from pharmaceutical companies and her FDA supervisors. Kelsey felt that the application for thalidomide contained incomplete and insufficient data on its safety and effectiveness. Among her concerns was the lack of data indicating whether the drug could cross across the placenta. It makes me think about how often women's health is ignored. Uh, So, for example, we're only just starting to look into issues like polycystic ovarian syndrome, whereas conditions affecting men literally have money thrown at them, such as erectile dysfunction. Well, I feel like erectile dysfunction is like the true epidemic of the world, right? That needs to be taken care of immediately absolutely so i understand it's been taken care of because of viagra (laughs) women's issues are not as important in the health field apparently so good on you francis kelsey doing women's work way before it was cool to do so yeah yeah no that's good around this time australian obstetrician dr william mcbride discovered that the drug also alleviated morning sickness and he started recommending this off-label use of the drug to his pregnant patients setting a worldwide trend Prescribing drugs for off-label purpose, which is purposes other than those for which the drug was approved, is still a common practice in many countries today. In many cases, these off-label prescriptions are very effective, such as prescribing depression medication to treat chronic pain. The drug was marketed in Australia by a British pharmaceutical company called the Distillers Company. They marketed the drug under the brand name Distival as a remedy for morning sickness. Their advertisement claimed that Distafol can be given with complete safety to pregnant women and nursing mothers without adverse effect on the mother or child. Outstandingly safe, Distafol has been prescribed for nearly three years in this country. 
Soon, however, McBride began to notice an uptick in the severe birth defects in many of those babies he delivered, coincidentally to those mothers that he had prescribed thalidomide. The drug interfered with the baby's normal development, causing many of them to be born with shortened, absent, or flipper-like limbs. Flipper-like? Like, to be like a... Like a f- fish person type thing or are they like flop like are they like are you talking like um like web webbed feet or are you talking no. or are you talking that they're like super loose and like fl- fl- no. flopping so, around so think of like a dolphin's fin uh-huh and so their arms or their legs would kind of look like that like a dolphin fin well similar like it wouldn't look like a dolphin's limb but like you know it wasn't a full arm it was just like okay so that they couldn't walk on these if their legs were affected correct really The first time the link between thalidomide and its impact on development was made public in a letter written by McBride and published in a paper called The Lancet in 1961. As the drug was traded under so many different names in 46 different countries, it took five years for the connection to be fully made between thalidomide taken by pregnant women and the impact on their children. One reason why researchers and doctors were also unable to make this connection was due to the wide range of changes to fetal development. Limbs, internal organs, including the brain, eyesight, and hearing, could all be affected. Thus, it was hard to pinpoint an origin, since the symptoms looked different on most of the children. Another reason why it took so long to establish the link to thalidomide was that some of the damage caused by the drug was very similar to certain genetic conditions that affected the upper or lower limbs. Later, scientists found that the impact on development was linked to when, during pregnancy, the drug was actually taken. Effects only occurred between 20 and 37 days after conception. After that... Thalidomide had no effect on the fetus. The severity and location of the deformities depended on how many days into the pregnancy the mother was before beginning treatment. Thalidomide taken on the 20th day of pregnancy caused central brain damage. Day 21 would damage the eyes. Day 22, the ears and face. Day 24, the arms. And day 28, the legs. Thalidomide did not damage the fetus if taken after 42 days gestation. So... But it sounds of like it, they've got a lot of research on on the days, which means I'm guessing they get this gave this to a lot of people. Ten thousand people. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. And well, probably more, but because like right after forty two days, it doesn't have an effect on the fetus. But yeah, but there were at least like around ten thousand people that were affected by this. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. In November 1961, thalidomide was taken off the markets due to massive pressure from the press and public. Experts estimate that thalidomide led to the death of approximately 2,000 children and serious birth defects in more than 10,000 children. Some resources cite 20,000 children. In Canada, there were many different forms sold, with the most common variant being called Talamol. Two months after Talamol went on sale, pharmaceutical companies sent physicians letters warning about the risk of birth defects. It was not until March 2, 1962, that both drugs were banned from the Canadian market and physicians were told to destroy their supplies. The Thalidomide Society was formed in 1962 by the parents of children affected by the drug. The original aim of the society was to provide mutual support and a social network, as well as to seek compensation. In 1968, Chemie Gruenthal was brought to trial in Germany. The company settled the case out of court and arrangements were made to compensate German victims. No one was found guilty of any crimes. That same year, the distiller's company also reached a compensation settlement with the UK victims of the drug. Thalidomide forced government and medical authorities to review the pharmaceutical licensing policies. As a result, changes were made to the way drugs were marketed, tested, and approved across the world. One key change was that drugs intended for human use could no longer be approved purely on the basis of animal testing, and drug trials for substances marketed to pregnant women also had to provide evidence that they were safe for use in pregnancy. The easy over-the-counter access to thalidomide prompted many countries to improve their classification and control of medicines. 
Many of these acts made distinctions between prescription drugs and drugs only available in pharmacies or available for general sale. Today, thalidomide is approved for two uses, the treatment of inflammation associated with leprosy, although the WHO, so World Health Organization, stated in 2010 that it did not recommend thalidomide for leprosy due to the difficulty of adequately controlling its use. It is also used as a chemotherapeutic agent for patients with multiple myeloma. Because of its known adverse effects on fetal development, the dispensing of thalidomide is regulated by the System for Thalidomide Education and Prescribing Safety, which is the STEPS program. In the UK, thalidomide is only prescribed by a doctor under strict controls. Women taking thalidomide are required to use two forms of birth control and regular pregnancy tests. Men are required to use contraception when using thalidomide. People who are prescribed thalidomide undergo counseling and are talked through the risks. So Dakota, what do you think? I feel like I'm going to get a low score because you gave me like no comments as we were going through it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it was all very uh, uh, technical and uh, Dr. Hobie-Jubie. hobie Juby, uh, sure. So, um, hmm. So you didn't think it was cool? Well. What were you hoping for? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I was hoping for. I I guess more talking about the actual, the like the people living with it and stuff like that, I guess, because I have known someone who apparently lived with this and they had to get their uh, legs uh, removed, actually, at one point. And then they just, super dope, he just walked around on his hands like a freaking baller. And uh, uh, so I will give this 7.5 Dr. Mumbo Jumbos out of 10. That was way higher than I was thought you were going to give me. I was like six point two is what I'm no, expecting. No, and and I'll tell you why I think it was it was higher because of um, while you were telling me this, I was thinking about the person that I knew that it was like it was some somewhat re- not re- kind of relatable, I guess, where I actually was like, oh, and that's the trick about history. Yeah. So you need to make it relevant to the human that you're teaching it about. Yes. So apparently, you just don't make connections to history. I guess. Is why you don't like it. No. Maybe I, I should make, like, figure out more as to why you should care about these things. Maybe. Uh, but for the Well, time- we should care about this topic because it shows you how Big Pharma was like, let's get in on this and make money, right? Like, Big Pharma mm-hmm. is all about making money and how can we make the most money. So they were like, ooh, aspirin's doing really good. We want a drug that's similar to aspirin so we can make lots of money. And they kept pushing it through without actually having all of the... Um, testing that needed to be done right um and so that lady i was talking about francis kelsey Mm. um pharmaceutical companies were like no fam you need to push this through make it happen make it happen and all of her bosses at the fda were like yeah like let's make this happen let's make it be uh, a drug that we can get in america and she was the lone person being like no and so if uh if it had gone through then there would have been more cases of people in the states and stuff so big pharma should get their hands out of doctors' pockets. Yes. I, I was going to say, they get, should get their hands cut off. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it's wild, though, that this happened to so many people, and also that I knew someone who... Mm. That, in Beachy, nonetheless. In, in Beachy, yeah, that, that actually went through this, and, like, that just sounds awful mm-hmm. that, that someone would have to endure that. And to think of, like... Like, I understand morning sickness, like, sucks. I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about that. But, like, the fact that this 
cure for morning sickness has such long lasting mm-hmm. effects on their like they they just would have been like no i'll just get through this morning sickness which again i don't know anything about and probably is terrible still then it affected their child forever yeah so. i feel like that would be just devastating if you were a mother and be oh like, I yeah made this happen yeah and and yeah not to put any blame or anything like that because you know you're trusting what the doctor's telling you yeah. right no we're blaming uh big pharma chimi gruenthal yeah chimi gruenthal <laughs> um anyways yeah i just think uh that big farmer should get their hands cut off perfect Well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can leave a review and tell your friends about us. And if you want to stay in contact or see behind-the-scenes action, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian. Or if you want to shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted, you can email us at thereluctanthistorian at gmail.com. So, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. And I think it's about damn time that we cure erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.